Lord, how marvelous, how wonderful is your love for us, Lord. And Lord, we, we sang that you're with us through the fire and you're with us through the flood. And Lord, we know that your plan is still to prosper us. And Lord, that's your plan. You want good for us. And that, Lord, you're sovereign. So, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Just pray that you would just help us to keep our eyes on you, Lord, that we would look to you and we'd be able to trust you no matter what's going on. Lord, so many times our circumstances get the best of us. We just focus on the circumstances and we forget, Lord, who you are, that you're in charge. Lord, just help us to trust you. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I just been hearing that they're going to switch to 5G. They're trying to get us, you know, to speed up our computers and we're going to go to 5G. The thing they're really worried about that I've heard so far is the fact it's going to interfere with our weather forecasting. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I didn't think they did such a hot job, but that was that was the big that was the big thing that they thought that was going to interfere with. Um, I want to think today about waiting on the Lord and. You know, uh, at the end of Jesus' ministry, right before he left, he told his disciples two things, which I, I'd never thought about it, but I just, as I did this message on waiting, because in Acts, the first chapter, he told his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. He told them to wait. And then I remembered, well, in Matthew, you know what he told them in Matthew? He said, go. Now, I would think the disciples should ask, well, are we supposed to go or are we supposed to wait? Have you ever felt like that? Am I supposed to go? Am I supposed to wait? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? Well, we're going to talk about waiting. We're going to talk about waiting. Because that's, that's the part, that, you know, he told in Acts. He says, wait until the Holy Spirit comes. Next week, I'm going to talk about Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming. But why wait? Why wait? Why is waiting so hard? I don't know. If I, I don't know maybe it's not hard for you, but isn't I don't know if anybody else has that, but, you know, we are so geared in our society today that we should not wait for anything. I mean, we're geared that way. We're just, everything is right there, you know. So when we have to wait, we're like, come on, come on, come on, you know. You wait at the stoplight and the car ahead of you doesn't go just the instant when the light changes until so somebody starts beeping at them. Come on, go, you know. I don't want to wait. Come on, get going. You know, we just, we live in a fast, fast-paced society you know, fast food, fast food. I think that's kind of a joke anymore, fast food. I don't know. Depends where you go once in a while. I don't know, lately they can't get help, I assume. And so a lot of times these fast food places don't have help. And it's the last thing from fast, you know, but that happens. And, you know, but we want immediate cash. You know, you'll see signs, immediate cash, cash now. You know, just stop it and you can get your money. You know, we got microwaves so we can do our food instantly, you know. We don't use we don't use ovens and actually bake. We put it in a microwave and just get it ready right now. You know, we take a pill for immediate results. You know, we take pills for immediate results. If the doctor says, "Well, what you need to do is change your lifestyle," we go, "Well, could I have a pill?" You know, change the lifestyle. That's hard. That takes time. You know, I want a pill. I want a pill that's going to fix me. Tell me, tell me you're going to fix me, make me better. We're just trained to have our needs met so fast. 
so fast. We want everything right now. You know, we just trained that way. I remembered when I was thinking about this, I remembered a quote, and I don't know where this quote came from. I didn't look it up. I'm, sh- I'm sure Wikipedia could have told me, but I didn't look it up. But um, when I was little, I was told that weight breaks the wagon down. You know, weight breaks the wagon down. So, you know, come on. Well, that was, I think, talking about procrastinating. I think that was the intent of that weight breaks the wagon down. But what's the reality? Well, come on, come on. Let's get this done. Let's get moving. So waiting is really contrary to how we think. So when God says wait, it's contrary to how I think and because I want help right now, and I want it fast. So why wait? In Isaiah, the 40th chapter, Isaiah, the 40th chapter, the 31st verse, It says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait on the Lord and renew your strength. You'll run and not grow weary. You know, as you get older, you kind of go, well, what's that all about? You know, well, I think it's just talking about life that, you know, you'll be able to go and not just get all wrung out about it. You'll not get all wore down about it. You know, we'll not get all fussed up about it. We trust the Lord. We trust the Lord. And then we can renew our strength. Otherwise, I'm going to try to do it on my own, and I'm going to get pretty tired, pretty wore out. That's my observation. Why wait? Four things. I think waiting gives us patience. Teaches us patience. If you don't have patience, it should help you. Now, if you don't want to learn then you're probably just going to be frustrated. That's the other option. You know, we're supposed to be learning, you know, and and so we should learn through the waiting process. Otherwise, you're just going to be mad and frustrated because you've got to wait. You're going to fret. You're going to worry. You're going to get all upset. We need to learn how to trust and wait. Many times, trusting the Lord means waiting on Him. Waiting on Him. But I want want it now. I I, I, I got a problem. I want it fixed. I want to know what to do. He says, no, trust me. Trust me. And you know, when we take it into our own hands, we do it on our own, we're really not trusting him. We're not trusting. We're going to figure it out on our own. We're going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. And we can. We can. We can make things happen. I think it causes a lot of stress on us. I think it's hard on us a lot of times physically, mentally. I think it's not good for our actual health that actually waiting on the Lord is good for us. It's good for us. Waiting on the Lord helps us to learn to trust Him. If I don't wait on Him, then I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Sometimes I want to do what's easy. You know, so I, I like, you know, I want to do the easy, easy route. I want to do what's appealing to me. Well, that's what I want to do. And when I wait, I learn to say, okay, God, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. And I believe waiting is a sign of trust. You know, either you're trusting him, or you're trusting yourself, or you're trusting somebody else. In Proverbs 3, 4, and 5 is a scripture which we've quoted a lot. I quoted it at, for the graduates. And 
it's a, just a good one to uh, keep in mind. Keep in mind. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. And I, shall, I will say this. He will direct your paths in his time. The Israelites moved when the cloud, they moved when God said move. That meant sometimes they waited. And they stayed in places a long time. And then sometimes they went a little quicker, but they waited on him. And they trusted him. Waiting helps us to trust. Because if we really trust him, we know that God knows best. You know, he knows better than me. He knows better than me what's going on. He knows what was good for the situation. He knows what's best for everybody involved sometimes. And so we trust the Lord. We trust in him. Trusting builds character. You know, what's it take to build character in people? The last thing is good times. Just thought I'd mention that. Uh, you know, good times don't build much character. Because we think we can handle it. We got it under control. I can do this. Oh, look what I've done. Look how good things are. You know, farmers talk about, you know, what great yields they get they brag about i mean uh, the numbers are you know from when from when i was involved in farming the numbers is just getting kind of crazy and i look at the numbers and think can they really grow that much grain and crops and all and, you know and they want to tell you through all their technology and through all this marvelous things we've created that now we can do all this does anybody want to bet what it's going to be like this year yeah we can be as smart as we want we can know everything, but you know, God's involved. And it builds character instead of arrogance and pride. Now, do I like going through times of building character? No. No. Romans 5, 3 and 5. Not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. So I guess in the midst of all the rain and the hail, we have to glory. Oh, my goodness. Can't we just complain? Can't we just complain? And can't we just talk about how bad it is? Do we have the glory? I went to the dollar store this morning and ran into a farmer from the area. And he was telling stories. And, boy, this will make me feel good. And I would probably pass it on to make you feel good. But he's about my age. And he says, I remember back when I first started farming, somebody told me I could farm 300 acres that I could farm they had. And he says it was a wet year. He says, 300 acres. He says, out of the 300, I planted 20. Now, I, I know it was wet back in there, but out of 300 acres, he planted 20. He said, out of the 20 acres of beans, one yielded five and one yielded seven bushels of the acre. Now, that's tribulation. What's my attitude? You know, it says glory in our tribulations. You know, I'm not thank I don't have to be thankful for that. But I can glory and trust the Lord that he is sovereign. And that his plan is still to prosper us. And so I trust him and I look to him. You know, that's, that's what we are and who we are. And so we look to him. So we glory in our tribulations knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. It produces patience. And that patience produces character. 
and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. It says that we glory in tribulation because it produces character. And character is good. Godly character is good. And that's sometimes what happens and what it takes. And it, ultimately it produces hope that our hope is in him. And he's the one we trust. And so as we wait and go through things in life, it's good. It's good. It's a time to produce character. Now, if you don't let it produce character and if you don't grow, all it will produce is worry and fret. That's what's going to produce, worry and fret. Because we're going to get all upset trying to figure everything out instead of just waiting and trusting the Lord. And then lastly, it increases, or lastly, um, yeah, it increases our hope, our expectation. What do I expect? As I'm waiting, what's my expectation? Do I expect God to move? Do I expect God to do what he said he would do? As I wait, as I wait. Or do I expect that I've got to figure this out? Do I expect that I got, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? What, what am I going to do? Who's going to get me out of this? And what's your expectation as you wait? What are you expecting to happen? Well, it says, I expect God to move and work. I have faith in him and hope in him. And that lightens my burden. That lightens my burden. So I can run and not grow weary. Why is that? Because I don't carry all those burdens with me. Worry and fret will wear you down. It'll wear you down. I don't care. It just wears you down. And you know, you're not going to run and not grow weary if you carry that with you. So we can live in his strength. We can live in his strength. And he'll renew that. But in the midst of what we're going through, we have to keep our eyes on him. We have to keep trusting him. In Matthew 11, Matthew 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We labor, we're heavy laden, we're burdened with the cares of life. And we come to him and he says, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I want to add this. Your yoke is heavy and it's not light. It's heavy. My yoke is the one I put on myself and you put on yourself, they're heavy. But when we let Jesus do it and when we trust him, he will put on us what he wants to do. And we wait on him and we trust him. And it becomes much easier. Much easier. You know, as he told the disciples to wait in Jerusalem, he said, wait. Why did he tell them to wait in Jerusalem? Well, he told them to wait in Jerusalem, he says, because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm going to give you power so that you got the, what's needed so that what I'm going to ask you to do is not going to be a burden. 
I'm going to equip you to do what I ask you to do. You don't have to do it in your own strength. And he says, then my yoke is easy. My burden's light. Come to me. Come to me. You know, I think nowadays we, we have a lot of things to deal with in life. It's just life, you know. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on, you know. I was just, you know, another mass shooting. Another mass shooting. Tell me how the government's going to stop that. How are they going to stop that? Well, the only thing they can do, they say, is take all the guns away. Now, let me say this. If it was possible, if it was possible to take all the guns away, you could stop mass shootings. But taking all the guns away is not going to change the heart of man. These things are happening because people are angry. They're angry. And they don't care. Now, see, that's, you know, you can be angry, but when you're angry and don't care, you know what that means? That means I'll go to work and I'll shoot 10 people and you can shoot me. I don't care. I don't care. How are you going to defend that? How are you going to stop that? I'm so mad, I don't care what you do to me. Somebody just told me recently, I think it was Mary, <laughs> somebody, uh, told me of a, a young person was somewhere and they walked up to a policeman and said, just shoot me because nobody else will. Think about that. What's the burdens that people are carrying? Those are big burdens. I hate myself, I hate everybody, and I don't care. I don't care. When you get to the point you don't care, it's hard to get hope. It's hard because I don't care. I don't care. I just don't care. You know, if you're, if you're talking to somebody and you're counseling somebody and they say, I don't care, now where are we going to go? I don't care. You know, if, you, if you've ever been around young people and you get to a point and they look you right in the eye and say, I don't care, do what you want. Now what are you going to do? Where are we going from there? And that's where we are, folks. That's where we are. People have burdens and they have things that they're dealing with in life and they're big and they don't care. They want help, but they don't care. And so it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because until they find hope in Jesus, they don't care. They don't care. And that's the answer because his yoke is easy and his burden's light. That's what changes things. Otherwise, we're trying to fix it on our own. You know, we're trying to fix it. The government's trying to fix us. We take people to, to the government or we take them to the medical profession and we take them somewhere and say, fix me. And what do they do? They give you a pill. I'm not, I'm just telling you that's what happens. And does that fix it? No, that covers it up. Covers it up a lot of times. And until we, as a people, realize the Lord is one who makes our burdens easy and our loads light. He's the one we look to. His yoke is easy. What he wants for us, he'll provide. He'll help us do it. So we have to learn to trust him. And trusting him a lot of times means waiting on him. Waiting on him. Waiting on him to do what he wants to do. I'm going to have the worship team come.
and they're going to lead us in a final song. Um, as I was preparing my message this morning, I realized, oh, we sing a song a lot of times that kind of says this. Isn't it amazing the things we sing? And it's like, oh, we, we say that. Oh, do we really mean that? It's like this morning when, when we read that, when we sang that song about, you know, he's with me in the fire and he's with me in the flood. I'm thinking, wow, way to go, Jeff. <laughs> no. <laughs> he probably picked that out a month ago. Now, if he knew it was going to flood last night, I'm, I'm that. And then, no, he didn't know. God knows. God knows. Well, isn't that amazing? I mean, I don't know. You know, it's like, wow, Lord, you knew that. You knew that. You know what's going on. You know what we need to hear. So let's, let's stand and let's sing this together. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can wait on you, trust you, know that you're a sovereign, know that you're in charge. Lord, help us remember that when we wait on you, it'll renew our strength and we'll be able to soar like eagles as we trust you. Lord, we thank you for that. Be with us this week as we go forth, Lord. Help us to just remember all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We don't pick